I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die historic on the Fury Road. Welcome to the Mad Max Minute, where we have the most swinging cats around in Mad Max Fury Road, one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 96, which begins with a polecat attacking Max with a machete, and it ends with a polecat in a black mask landing on the war rig and attacking Jillian. Wrapping up the week with us are Rob, Joe, and Duff from a free podcast. Hey, I'm Rob. (laughs) (laughs) We just have Rob left. I'm Duff. (laughs) That was Duff. And by process of elimination, that was Joe. (laughs) As we come in on minute 96, the polecats are dropping in around Max and the other Vuvulinis, and they are just instantly causing trouble with one polecat in particular attacking Max with a machete as he is prone on the tanker, and so he has to deftly maneuver out of the way. And... The main thing that I'm thinking here at the top of the minute is that it's a good thing that the polecats weren't around in any of the earlier movies, because Road Warrior, for instance, would have been over a lot faster and ended much differently if the Lord Humongous had had access to these type of vehicles. <laughs> Man, these names, these names in this in this series are just <laughs> beautiful. Obviously, we're going way back now, but... Time has just proven that Lord Humongous sounds like Strong Bad, right? <laughs> I would argue that Strong Bad sounds like Humongous just by the process of who came well, first. Yeah, but I mean, I, either way, like I, the last time I watched Road Warrior, I just all I could hear was Strong Bad and see now because he kind of has the same getup. It's kind of a leather daddy luchador thing going. Yeah, on. you paint up that hockey mask the right way and. Give him some boxing gloves and you pretty much You got can it. follow Duff on Twitter at Leather Daddy Luchador. <laughs> I, have, I have opinions about Homestar Runner and uh, Humong- I, I love Humongous. Humongous. How do you say it? The Lord Humongous. The Lord Humongous. Mm-hmm. Capital L. Is that like being a Kentucky colonel? Like, how do you become Lord Humongous? You're the one that descended from them. I think it's exactly like being the colonel. Yeah. Although the colonel was actually a colonel, right? No, he gave himself the title. Yeah, I think it's just in Kentucky you can be a Kentucky colonel. And it's what? Just... Is this a thing you can do? I think so, yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, on your, like when you apply for a job and you choose a Ken- title, you Kentucky, can just say Kentucky, Kentucky colonel? Kentucky colonel is the highest title of honor bestowed by the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Oh, okay, you have to be bestowed upon So, you. commissions for Kentucky colonels are given by the governor and the secretary of state. So, like, the governor, it's kind of like being knighted, except it's just in Kentucky. (laughs) You can Hmm. just be a Kentucky colonel. If someone with 11 herbs and spices comes up to you and says that they're a colonel, are you really going to fight them on it? No, you're going to eat their chicken because it's delicious. Yeah. 11 herbs and spices. You're going to say, thank you for the chicken, colonel. And the exact combination is locked away in a safe somewhere. Fun fact, as someone whose son is in Cub Scouts, I can tell you that... Everyone knows that Girl Scouts sell cookies, and no one knows that Boy Scouts sell popcorn. popcorn. And wreaths and poinsettias during the holidays. The people who, like, you know, in the den, the, the, like, parent who kind of, like, leads the popcorn selling thing is known as the popcorn colonel. Oh. 
What? Yes. And you're just elated by this, aren't you? Because it combines. So funny. (laughs) Have you been the popcorn colonel? No, I'm a den leader. Den leaders don't also take on a responsibility like being a a popcorn colonel. That's a shame. You can get a colonel printed on your driver's license in Kentucky. Really? So, you know, uh, like you can have a salutation like Mr. Miss Ms. You can, it could be Colonel in Kentucky. That rules. Every state should have some random thing like that. <laughs> yeah, they should. That That's not true. Oh, oh it, sounds, it sounds real. <laughs> but I like the idea yeah, of every state that. having their own little title that they can bestow upon you. You get a special drive through at KFC. If you <laughs> like it, it's like uh, in a toll road where you've got the, the easy pass. That's yeah, yeah. To your windshield. The pass. Yeah, the I pass. It's the Colonel pass. Chicken you pass. You to go right to the front. Now, I don't want to talk out of turn, but I've heard that if you show up to KFC in a limousine dressed in a suit and you tell the people inside that you are from the corporate office and you're here to sample the food, they will just give you free food. What? And you can. It has to be a white suit. And you have yeah. to pronounce it white yeah. with the H. Because there was a guy in. I don't know exactly where, but I think it was like South Africa or something who did exactly (laughs) that. And he had to be arrested because he did it so many times. (laughs) I like how he had to be. When you have a good grip going, you can't overdo it. Yeah. Like in order to stop him, he had to be arrested. (laughs) Wow. I wonder how much chicken he grifted before he was. (laughs) (laughs) Never enough. Never. Well, let's find out out how much it takes stuff. There's a retirement plan. <laughs> just gotta buy a suit and rent a limo. A white suit. <laughs> Speaking of chicken, can I tell a tale, a story about Mad Max? Okay, I will allow it. A tale makes it seem like it's not real and true, but it is. Does it I hope involve- it goes as well as my segue did. <laughs> does it involve chickens? Uh, it does. So when I I went and saw Mad Max Fury Road in a theater with some friends, and beforehand we had gone to a local dive bar that has the best wings i've ever had and this place is called chicken lips okay that seems like it should be racist but explain to me why it isn't well i don't i mean all it is is it's like it has all the hallmarks of something that's racist. the sign is a chicken holding a martini glass <laughs> <laughs> still waiting for the lip connection yes yeah. do you think is that this place still a chicken with i uh, think something with a beak could drink out of a martini glass there'd be a lot of clinking yeah yeah also, well, they I have no hands. They- so they had to they had to rename. <laughs> well, I, I, let's just assume someone holds a glass for them. They had to rename it from Chicken Lips because there was another Chicken Lips in the world that sued them, and now they're Chicken Licks, which isn't nearly as cool. But it's a dive bar. That just it's sounds those- gross. It's one of those. Uh, both sound girls, to be honest. I don't really <laughs> like either one very much. It's one of those bars that, like, the menu is on the wall on like an old PBR sign, and they have like the letters that they've like printed, on, like put on the white, you know, like the blue letters you put on the white uh, board, so you can put the menu up. Like that's that's kind of the divishness of it. Uh, it's the best chicken though I've ever had. So I went, I went and got, I may have been overserved at Chicken Lips. And then we went to go see Mad Max 3 Road and our seats were very, very close to the large screen. <laughs> were you overserved so, alcohol or chicken? Both. <laughs> <laughs> the was chicken wasn't drunk. the problem though. <laughs> the chicken probably made, allowed me to make it through the movie. But uh, yeah, that's, I always connect Chicken Lips and Mad Max Fury Road. I hope the next Mad Max is Mad Max Chicken Lips. 
<laughs> about mutated chicken. You yep. should really, really write that movie. That as soon as I get my uh, my seamstress uh, business off the ground, <laughs> Ernest Hemingway. Friend of the show, Mark Sexton, works very closely with George Miller. If you write up a spec strip, send it to me. I'll send it to Mark and we'll see if we can get it made. We can get chicken lips made. (laughs) We know that there are chickens that exist in the Mad Max universe still after the apocalypse because they are in Road Warrior. They're among the animals that are being raised by the compound. The chickens, like, what animal can a chicken outduel? The chicken is at the lowest of the fighting pyramid. I'm sorry. Another uh, little known fact, chickens don't have lips. <laughs> yeah, they have beaks. That's See, weird, isn't it? Don't look at a chicken and count it out completely because there's a reason that they have chicken fighting rings. Like chickens were once velociraptors and they never forgot. Yeah, there are dinosaurs. Yeah, they're tasty little dinosaurs. That's why they make chicken nuggets in the shape of dinosaurs. Yeah. If we're taking credit for our, our older, for like our descendants' accomplishments, I, I've done some impressive stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they still need crows to protect them, though. Yes, we need yeah. to get that murder of crows. All right, that's my story about they can't, chicken lips. can't even fly. What kind of bird are you? I don't know. What kind of person are you? <laughs> I can't fly ever. Duff, if you want to start bad-mouthing birds that don't fly, I want to put you in a boxing ring. No, no, not a boxing ring. I want to put you in a WWE cage match with a cassowary because those things mm. can't fly. And you will what? die. And you will die. <laughs> and it will relish in your I'm death. I'm the chicken of humans. I'm not going to say otherwise. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm his colonel. Duff, Duff lays eggs. <laughs> I'm I'm also scared of hawks. <laughs> <laughs> How about coyotes? That's why what Duff does is before he goes outside, he just soaks himself in Lorenzo's oil. (laughs) (laughs) What Duff needs to do is he needs to get proficient with Kentucky long rifles like Joy, our Vuvalini here at the Rack of the Tanker. Ah, you're so good at these segues, Rick. Because she pulls that rifle out and she shoots one of these polecats dead with one shot completely eliminating him from the situation, allowing Max to go one-on-one with a polecat that has a... I'm going to guess it's like a lawnmower blade or something like that, but there are handles on it that he's able to swing around. And I love what Max does here because it's very uh, medieval. He has these bolt cutters and he blocks an overhead strike and then knocks the blade aside, hits the guy in the knee, and then does a swipe across to bash the guy in the face, knocking him off the tanker, and it's very deft. It's very swashbuckling of him, which, in this instance, you want your buckles to be sufficiently swashed. This movie sort of shows how having less is sometimes more because of <laughs> all the amazing weapons and things that they do with the materials they're given. It's sort of like a deck of cards, right? Like a deck of cards has 52 cards or four suits, but like over the years, just using that deck of cards, there's been hundreds of games made many of them very very good (laughs) i that feels like there should be more but that's kind of the end of that segue that's kind of the end of that i think that's appropriate especially for the bolt cutters because they've been in the picture for quite some time and they have done many many different things Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you know some people just see a a lawn trimmer hanging around what are you gonna do with that 
they found a use for it. I'm constantly mentally cataloging everything in the house and what it can be used for in a Mad Max situation. There's a lot of Facebook games that have been built around, look to the item at your left. (laughs) That's your weapon against the zombies. And for those people that are like, oh, look, I have a box cutter. Great. I will be effective at one inch range where some people are like, oh, look, Julia's got her car keys there. Does this mean I get my car? Yeah. It just runs zombies over. Okay. Once again, taking all my weaponry knowledge from Fallout, I know that if you just tape weapons together with other random parts, it makes it a better weapon. <laughs> what can you do with a microphone and 35 listeners? Uh... <laughs> I wish Billy Bob Thornton from Switchblade was in a Mad Max movie. <laughs> Go on. I haven't thought about Switchblade in a while. No one has. Taters. I can honestly <laughs> say I've never thought about Switchblade. <laughs> I've never seen it. I don't remember it. I mean, it was like a big cultural thing for a hot yeah. minute in the 90s. I just know the Taters line. Yeah, Rob, go on. <laughs> Why would you like him to be in this movie? Well, because he, you know, didn't he use a lawnmower blade as some sort of weapon? <laughs> Anyone remember? Anyone You're remember the only one who would Sling know, Blade? so you tell us. <laughs> I don't know. I just, that's all I know. All I remember about Billy Bob Thornton is how him and Angelina Jolie wore those vials of each other's blood as necklaces. <laughs> yep. as yeah. As normal couples do. There's uh-huh. some Morton Joe energy going on there, I think. It's weird now how Angelina Jolie is like, kind of like she's a UN ambassador and such, and she's like viewed as Hollywood royalty. Like, we kind of forget that she was just crazy as a loon in the 90s. Like, she was doing all kinds of weird stuff. She's like the ultimate soccer mom now. Yeah. Yeah. She's soccer mom to the world. She traded up. <laughs> that, did you know that Billy Bob and, and Warren Zavon were friends? No, but no. that sounds right. They randomly ended up in the same apartment building together, and they bonded over their mutual uh, suffering of OCD. Like, because I'm not making this up, like Warren Zevon or the other way around that he saw the way he was opening his mailbox and he's like, oh, you've got it, too. And then that's how they became friends. And they recorded music together a little bit, too. I'm really jealous of how easy it is for some people to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> you should consider starting a podcast where you talk about movies. And, uh... <laughs> you have 35 options for friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, okay, so in Sling Blade, he does use a lawnmower blade he had sharpened and fashioned into a weapon. That's a very Mad Max thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'll agree with that, yeah. It's Absolutely. like a state of decay weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Segway that, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of tools that are effective in maintaining a yard... We're going to transition from what's happening on the tanker to what's happening up by the rig. We've got more polecats that are swinging in, and... There's one that comes in with a smoke bomb, and then he swings back, and cabs start filling up with smoke. But there's another polecat on the other side of the war rig, and I don't know how he woke up that morning, or why he thought that it would be a good idea to strap a tank of gasoline to his back and have it (laughs) directly operate a gas-powered hedge trimmer (laughs) as his primary weapon as he's swinging around. It's just, I don't understand who could look at a hedge trimmer and be like, yes, that thing that is designed to chop tiny leaves and not much else, that will be my signature weapon. Wait, I don't understand why you're so skeptical, because it works. Yeah, it's an avant-garde weapon. (laughs) 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 Woo! <laughs> this is a situation where there are other polecats that have chainsaws. Yeah, 
Everyone else grabbed all the chainsaws. <laughs> and when this guy got there, Ted, when Ted got there, there was only a hedge trimmer left. He, so he's, And he was like, yeah, this is a motorized blade. I can kill people with that. Oh. And he's right. So he, he is, is right. the late bird who missed the worm. No, he didn't miss the worm. He has a motorized blade. He kills more people than many, many of the other war boys that we see in this movie. It's because you're not suspecting it. You're not suspecting the the hedge trimmer. So the hedge trimmer is the Spanish Inquisition of post-apocalyptic weaponry. Everyone's freaked out by the uh, Resident Evil form chainsaw guys, but they're not looking for the hedge trimmer. Yes, the hedge trimmer does deal a mortal blow to the Keeper of the Seeds in this minute. I will give you that, but it takes her a long time to die. Like, she's able to kill other people before she dies herself. I wanted to talk about this, because this is one, like, maybe the only thing in the movie that I kind of really bugs me, especially after repeat viewings, is... You see her take a pretty serious gash to the neck. Like, there is blood flying. And then she just sits back down, and you kind of don't really know what's going on. Like, she's obviously in shock, but she should be bleeding a lot. Like she should... You don't know the importance of a scarf. <laughs> is... and a lot Why of times do you think women see... wear scarves? Yeah. To, to, up, off to hold in the there. blood? Yep. Yes. That's right. That's right. A lot of witches wear scarves. Man, sex ed <laughs> failed me in multiple ways. Because they bleed out of their neck stuff. <laughs> they, they're sloughing? <laughs> Glad we could educate people on Mad Max Minute. Yeah. If you ever meet a young woman and she's got a ribbon tied around her neck, which is pretty much a tight scarf, never tell her that you want her to remove the ribbon because her head will literally fall off. Because blood will just spray at you. And her- yep. Like, everybody knows if someone is constantly wearing a ribbon, that ribbon is literally holding their head on. Yep. I feel like that's from a movie, but I can't place it's it. It's from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, the book. Well, it's probably, like, older than that, but it was one of the stories in that yeah, yes, yes, series. That, like, rings a bell. Yeah, me too. Soon, yep. soon to be a Guillermo del Toro movie. Yeah. I, I think it is actually been made into something, or is going to be. Seems like a thing that Netflix would grab. I mean, like, half the stories in that are just, actually, all of them are just kind of folklore, so you've seen them in various places, but... That that book was scary, though, for real. So was more scary stories to tell in the dark. I love that book, but the scariest part is the drawings. Like, yes. Because <laughs> mm, yeah. a, lot, a lot of the... I mean, there's some legitimately good stories, but there are some others, and you read them, it's like, yeah, that story's like, oh, that drawing, what's going on? Hello! <laughs> it comes out August uh, 9th. So oh, yeah. Stories to tell in the dark. Of what year? This year. Oh, really? Ooh. In that case... It would have already come out. Yeah, since this episode is dropping in October... We're all dead now. You're recording this now and it comes out... Oh my god! (laughs) That's awesome. Well done. (laughs) So, listeners, how was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? Because I guarantee none of us (laughs) would This thing that we barely even know about at this point. drop right before Halloween. October 25th. Oh yeah! Happy Halloween, everyone. If anyone's wondering, Joe and I are still sad over the death of Duff. <laughs> uh, slayed at the hands of a witch. Not, not everything went well at MXM Portland 2019. <laughs> yes.
Rob get was, together Rob in was August. killed by an angry, long-haired woman who may or may not be a witch. <laughs> Meryl Streep I feel like I Rob. should dye my hair silver gray before we and go wear to a scarf. I think what was and really, <laughs> I think what was really terrifying is the fact that he got shot right in the medulla, and it was just one shot that did him in. Yes, that's another good segue. You're very good at this, Rick. <laughs> I mentioned the hedge trimmer guy, but before yeah. he swings in and attacks the keeper of the seeds, the guy who threw the smoke bomb comes back, and he's got one of those catch poles. Which the last time we saw a catch pole, it was up in Tina Turner as Auntie's penthouse during Max's audition. Iron Bar Basie slipped that noose around Max's neck and cinched it tight, and Max escaped it by pulling out his fly swatter shiv and cutting himself free. And it's a shame that Furiosa was also driving at the time while trying to take care of a smoke bomb and fighting off a guy, and she didn't have an extra third or fourth appendage to take the shiv out of the shifter and cut herself free. So... We have a man and a woman of relatively equal skill who have the same weapon used upon them, and she has a lot more challenges to overcome and overcomes them anyways because she's a woman. Well, I think it's also because she's a badass. It's because Furiosa has friends. The Keeper of the Seeds takes that empty shotgun she has and she pops out of the moonroof and she's like, hey, you. And she smacks that polecat across the face, knocking him clean out. And so Furios is able to escape the noose because she has friends. Because she has friends. Okay. Oh, so maybe this movie really isn't about any of the stuff we talked about. It's about it's not just the journey. It's the friends we meet along it's the, the way. It's the power of friendship. <laughs> Listen, you guys, friendship is magic. I saw happy feet. We solved gender equality. There you go. <laughs> if we could just all be friends and get along and be yep. happy and Perfect. use empty shotguns to bash polecats in the face. So did a Morton Joe just need some friends? Yeah. See, a Morton Joe, like he's got underlings. He's got people that work for him, but I don't think he actually has anyone that he can literally call a friend. I mean, he named his son Erectus. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He's got a third son that's not in the movie, that's in the comic and in the video game, named Scrotus. No. <laughs> yeah. Does he have a last name? Scabarus Scrotus. No, well, it isn't. Wow. Is it really? Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, boy. I mean, and then what's the name of his, like, stumpy potato kid? Corpus. <laughs> yep. Corpus Colossus. Corpus Colossus. He's got work-life balance issues. <laughs> and if he had had a best friend to tell him that those were stupid names. Yeah. Yeah, that's yep. true. Oh, there it is. Man, we should have done this movie for Fail Sons, guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's untapped potential there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Fail Sons, Furiosa reminds me of my father a little bit. Oh, yeah. Handless. Yeah, Joe, you got it right. Yeah. Okay. Red right hand. Yeah. Well, is it a right hand or a left hand in the movie? My dad's remember. right hand was missing, but Furiosa's left hand oh, is missing. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So, fun fact about my father: missing a hand. So I always think about that a little bit when I watch Mad Max and see Furiosa. His dad uh, fought in World War II, and I was like, "Oh, is that how he <laughs> yeah. lost the hand?" It's like, well, no. I mean, there are worse ways. No, to No, he just screwed right it up hand. in a saw. It was after the war. Yeah, it was after the war. Yeah, let me be clear. When I said Failson, I wasn't talking about my father. I was talking about his spawn, me. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's like, the fail son furiosa has a basement dwelling podcast son <laughs> <laughs> the last time we saw someone lose a right hand in a mad max movie it's because they were trying to use a chain to attack a panel van and the chain wrapped around the roof rack of the panel van and tore the hand clear off and matt and max almost loses a hand in this movie too yeah yeah it does his posting hand max doesn't even take time like after they all get back to address that he got kind of a mini harpoon into his hand he just kind of walks off like, do you think it was in his head too? That's later, though. I know, but yeah, I'm saying I'm just, just you know we we got off on a tangent. I'm just saying like Max doesn't even have take time to like oh I need I need a breather. Just all right, my work here is done. I'm out. He's going to urgent care at the end of the movie. Gonna take my hand with a hole through it. <laughs> yeah, and just wander out where there's no antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Mad Max Five is gonna be Mad Max bacterial infection. <laughs> It's Max trying to drink water, and all the water just leaks out of his hand as he's trying to, like, <laughs> pull it out. <laughs> he's trying to swim, and he just stands still. Damn sieve of a hand. <laughs> now, speaking of holes in body parts. <laughs> Whoa. The polecat that Another attacks segue. the Keeper of the Seeds with the hedge trimmer, his cosmic repayment for that action is that Furiosa pulls out her mini crossbow and those bolts on her crossbow they're not the kind that just go through a hand and stick to a forehead like we're going to see next week no they have little explosives on the end of it so when she shoots this polecat those explosive tips blow apart his entire torso and you get to see a little bit once the fire dissipates that his entire torso has been blown wide open and we're spared the gore of it by switching to an angle behind him. So as he swings up, you don't have to see the gaping wound, but you can still see the entrails dripping down from the open cavity that was once this guy's chest. So having the gasoline on his back wasn't a problem. No, apparently. His, <laughs> yeah, his, it didn't explode. His squishy no. insides took the bulk of that hit. Yep. <laughs> he didn't also explode. So there yep. you go. Hedge trimmers for life. <laughs> You'll never sell me on hedge trimmers as an effective weapon. Or an effective anything, really. They, you always got to get the thing out. It sucks. I, 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 I don't they, like. They do work. <laughs> yeah, but then like it gets dull and you got to pull it out and then it never seems to work right for me. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. Apparently. <laughs> Rob, I would request that you do not start a landscaping business. Yeah, Sorry. It, okay, let me let me be clear. Head shimmers, I'm I was thinking of a weed whacker. <laughs> Head shimmers work fine. Weed whackers I have issues with. I'm so glad we don't have a war boy that's decided to use a weed whacker as a weapon. That would be amazing. Just like watch your feet. <laughs> <laughs> that's a word for it. Yeah. Amazing, sure. That guy's fleshy ankles would be vulnerable. Since we're kind of on this uh uh, horticulture tangent. Do we ever find out that this isn't this minute, but what happens to the seeds? Does someone take them when uh, the keeper of the seeds passes? Yeah, I think that's on Monday. It's not on Monday. That uh, doesn't happen until like a couple of weeks from now. But really? does someone, like, does someone she survive take the seeds? that long? Oh, yeah. Wow. Like we're Yes, there is a, a scene where they get passed down. Yeah, like we're climbing out of the war rig. And it's the dag. The dag is the one who picks up the bag and puts it in the keeper of the seeds' lap. Like, she's okay. the one that takes the bag and say, hey, we're abandoning ship. I'm going to take this bag of seeds, this precious bag of life potential. Because it rhymes with my name. <laughs> the dag in her bag. 
they got to take it to that uh, that global seed vault. I think it's in Norway or something like that. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. Uh, there's this. It's in a Scandinavian country, I believe. They built into a mountain. It's this like cold storage facility, and every crop or plant they have seeds for it. It's based. Oh. It's. Uh, it was originally like theoretical for when the world ends, but we're coming up on that, so we we're, we're, we're going to need it. And did they did, did they finish it? Yeah, <laughs> that was a pun. Scandinavian countries. Yes. <laughs> I gotcha. Yep. They're the only one there. The only one that's missing is the one from Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> I think it was Family Guy who made the joke that right next to the Doomsday Seed Vault, there's the Doomsday Virulent Disease Vault, and they left the window open on that one, and it infects the seeds from the other one. There you go. Uh, and then it like spawns mutants or something like that. I don't know. It was a cartoon or something like that. I remember it vaguely. Hmm. Now. Julia, there's something that happens at the tail end of this minute. After the Keeper of the Seeds gets hedge trimmed, she falls back into the rig and the whole minute slows way down. And we're focusing in on the Keeper of the Seeds and everything is blurry and the sound drops out and it just seems a little strange to me. What do you think of it? I think we are now experiencing reality how she is experiencing reality. For one, she's actively dying. So you feel different about things when you're actively dying. And when you're a witch. Yeah, why doesn't she use her witch powers? (laughs) Continue on, I'm sorry. (laughs) I think what throws me the most is that we are in a breakneck pace action scene. And here we are taking a break from it. And I have to wonder, is this welcome? Is this odd? Like, what do you guys think? Is this a good thing that we're slowing down and taking a step back to spend some time with the Keeper of the Seeds here. So I think this is kind of similar to what we talked about earlier with Mad Max's flashbacks where there's these certain like aspects of this movie that are kind of set up as being incredibly important because of how they're shown visually, but they don't necessarily have a huge payoff story-wise. So I think that's kind of similar. Like, you know, we know this bag of seeds is important. And we know, like, because we sort of see this moment of her grabbing that bag of seeds. It must be important. It's what she wants in her hands as she's dying. Or she, or she really wants a nip. Because I think there's some... <laughs> it's an awful big bag to only be holding seeds. Like, right. there's probably extra no, stuff No, we, we see that there's... I, I'm serious. Like, we see there's some knitting sticks in there. She has to knit a new scarf. She got the other one all bloody. <laughs> I think that it's... Again, like, it's odd that she gets hit in the neck... And there's a huge spurt of blood, but then she gets back and we're like, wait, what's going on? Because you don't see blood and it's just like you obviously know she's in shock, but it's kind of confusing for us to discern the severity of her injuries until she does die. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's doing one thing right. She's applying direct pressure. Mm -hmm. She's remaining calm. She's not like, I'm bleeding, oh no, uh, expending all of that energy. She's that's just that's the midnight there. boy response is just to <laughs> flip out. <laughs> She's probably going into a zen-like state. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm going to meditate until I'm not horrifically bleeding anymore, if that's even a thing. I don't know. I don't meditate. Probably would help if I did. I can't because the tinnitus. Shut your mouth. <laughs> For real. You, wait. You, you still can. Like, no, no, because when it's silent, all I hear is my ear buzzing. That's not great. If you get good at meditation, you can ignore the tinnitus. 
But you have to practice to get good at it. All I hear is my ear buzzing, which creates a whole nother anxiety. Meditation takes practice, man. Well, it's awful right now for me because well, all I hear is my ear buzzing I'm, at a very I'm, loud I'm, pitch. I'm sorry that because it's not instantly comfortable, it's not worth doing. Those are just the pole cats swinging in. Yeah. Gotta punch the them. brain cats. Joe, I'm glad you brought up this pole cat because this last guy that we see at the very tail end of this minute is a very distinct polecat. He's wearing this black hockey mask looking thing. He's got a little baby face that knots up and ties the back of his max together. Yeah, that's that's super creepy. Like the back little like patch thing that he has or whatever it is. I don't know. Does that tighten the mask? I don't I'm know. I think it's kind is. of like a weird rag wrap. And then the baby thing is just like a ornament on the back of it. But he's going to be very important in the coming minutes. We don't get to see much of him. Yeah. But if you're watching the movie alongside listening to this, first of all, good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. What's wrong with you? <laughs> wow. At least this isn't three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this polecat, he lands and Jillian is there because Antoinette was taken out by a chunk of the war rig. We've lost her now. I think that puts our total Vuvalini death rate because I don't count the Keeper of the Seeds. She's still technically alive. We've lost She's still there. three so far. Maddie, the Valkyrie, and Antoinette. So we've still got Jillian. Yep. We've still got Joy. We've still got Melita. We've still got the Keeper of the Seeds, technically. So we're still working on that. This polecat, he wastes no time in attacking Jillian. But we're not going to be able to see any of that until next week. So we are here at the end of Minute 96. Midnight, boys. Why don't you go tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff out there on the World Wide Web. Yeah, we mentioned a freepodcast.com, but uh, if you are into the Minute by Minute podcast, which I'm assuming you are, uh, if you like the movie Tombstone, uh, Joe and I did that Minute by Minute a couple years ago, and the three of us did Titanic Minute, uh, which ended, I don't know, that was like seven years of our lives. I don't remember when it started <laughs> or when it ended, but it's over. We did it, and famously, we don't really talk about Titanic that much. So you don't really have to like the movie to listen to that one. <laughs> Do you like sea monsters? Yeah, we talk about sea monsters a lot. I've always been curious. Why did you choose Titanic? Uh, because all three of us have a kind of a different view on that movie. It's not a movie that we all three love. We kind of have different views on it. And then it was around the 20th anniversary. So we thought like, oh, we can really capture that. And ride it to riches. <laughs> yes, look at us now. Hey, we sold uh, like three shirts, didn't we? Yeah, more yeah did you each buy one? Double digits. Double I digits. Did I didn't buy one. Robbed it. <laughs> I want to put my face on it. That's who I am as a person. Friend of the show, Jamie, bought one with my face on it. That's true. I forgot what I was saying. Oh, also because of Tombstone Minute, one of the things we really enjoyed doing was kind of talking about their real life parallels. Obviously, because these are based off true stories to some extent. I mean, Titanic didn't actually happen, but you know. So we kind of like... Wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw slide. it in there. Yeah. Uh, I'll allow it. So uh, we just sort of... It allows us to kind of dig into some historical stuff as well. Also, I think uh, Titanic is a movie where every minute there is something notable on screen one way or another. It's a very lavish movie. So it's, Like us. Yes, like us. <laughs> but... I, I want to thank uh, I want to thank you, uh, Rick and Julia, for having us. I know we're dumb. Yeah, it was a lot so of fun. So thank you. You were a delight. Yeah. <laughs> 
I feel like we've kind of saved you for not necessarily the last, but here we are at the tail end of the 90s. This movie is only 120 minutes long. It's also the last movie in our series so far. So if you've come this far, you're not going to quit because of us. Even though exactly. you're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not going to be chasing away any new listeners. We're in the Limp Bizkit era of rock here at the late 90s. <laughs> you're the, the Mission Impossible 2 of podcasters. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we, I did that too. Someone, valet, bring my motorcycle. I'm ready. <laughs> when we get mad, we fight on motorcycles. Just hug it out in midair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And slow motion. And then and we go, woo, while we do it. Do they ever say the name Polecat, or is it kind of like Ewoks, where everyone knows it? No, they... You know, it's they, funny you should mention that, Duff, because they mentioned Polecats by name in the same scene where they mentioned the People Eater by name. Yeah. Oh. It's literally oh, the same breath. <laughs> <laughs> People Eater Polecats? Yep. <laughs> Pretty much, but that's all right. Amazingly, I've seen this movie probably like 10 times. Like, I've seen this movie a bunch, and I've never <laughs> gotten to this. I mean, you're not really so much worried about what people say in this movie. You're just constantly looking at Beep. all the cars go fast, cars go vroom. Like, yeah. I mean, that 100% is a compliment. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, this movie owns Midnight Boys' seal of approval oh, for sure. Yeah, I love e- it. It's great. E- easily one of the greatest, uh, arguably the greatest action movie. Yeah. We always like hearing that. So thank you, boys. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Duff. Thank you, Joe, for joining us for this week. We are going to put a wrap on these minutes. Come back on Monday because Max will stop a chain-wielding polecat. Toast will get plucked from the rig. And Max's premonition from earlier in the movie will save his life. The Mad Max Minute Podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham. The Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy, is presented by Kennedy Miller Mitchell Productions, and distributed by Warner Brothers. Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is Verdi's Dies Irae by Daniel Bautista of DanielBautista.com. Our home on the internet is MadMaxMinute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute, like us on Facebook by searching for MadMaxMinute, and join our Facebook listener group, MadMaxMinute Beyond Microphone. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit MadMaxMinute.com, where you can see what's in our Tee Public store, join our Patreon, or even donate to the show to help us keep the tanks full. Thank you for joining us for Minute 96 of Fury Road. We'll see you next time.